Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel. Yay, me. Yeah, that's me. That's right, my husband, Norm. <laughs> and every weekend, we are here and we're doing life together. And as always, we're just so glad you've joined us. We are. Happy weekend, everybody. I don't know. This weekend has felt slow. This past week felt slow. And sometimes it's like Monday and suddenly it's the weekend. I'm not sure how that happens but uh, we're sure glad the weekends get here. Well, today we have a very interesting concept we want to discuss. We want to talk about something we all hear a lot about, and I'm not sure everybody fully understands. It's called judging. Yeah, I I don't think I really understood this scripture until I did more of a deep dive in this. And the reason that we are talking about this, because how many times have you heard somebody say, don't judge me? That's right. That's like such a thing in our culture. You're judging. It has been. And I think social media has exacerbated mm-hmm. that so that people are all judging each other. And then the dating apps where you swipe left or you swipe right, you're judging just looking at a picture. And then we keep saying that. Don't judge me. So it's it's very confusing. And yet we do. That's right. Well, when you say that, Mm -hmm. you know, we really want to understand what does that really mean? But more importantly, I think, what did Jesus mean when he told us not to judge? And how does that work in our relationships? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. What about the scripture that says judgment begins in the house of the Lord? We need to dig into that one because there's so much confusion when it comes to applying those words of Jesus, judge not lest you be judged. So our goal today is to clearly understand the meaning and the implications of these powerful words. And for believers, this is really important for us Mm -hmm. to understand. We just don't want to err on the side of being passive or the opposite of that would be really looking down at people for perhaps not living according to the Bible. And you know me, Norm. I have, I think, a fairness gene. I think so. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. I don't, I've never studied anything that says there is such a thing, but I become really upset when people suffer injustice or some type of unfair treatment. And I want consequences mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. actions. And I admit I can very easily judge people if I'm not careful. Oh, I know that about you. I've known it for many years. You actually were going to go into the law. You were going to be a lawyer, study law. And it's because of that fairness gene. I, do you know where it came from? You know, I'm not really sure, but I do remember always looking out for the child who was being bullied in Mm, school, mm -hmm. or I was very sensitive to what was going on with my friends. I didn't want people to be treated poorly. I remember in our high school, we had this one person in my grade who was had an intellectual disability, Mm -hmm. and people would make fun of him. And I remember my parents always saying, no, he's coming to your party. His name was Roger. Hmm. And Roger was always invited, and we always made sure that he was treated just like everyone else. So I think 
think that is part of the reason why I have a social work degree as well. I think so, too. And our children inherited that. They learned it from you, both children. We have examples from their childhood where you were able to teach them, and they cared. They cared about other people. That's that's that tender heart that you have. And when you see unfair treatment of anyone— such a great quality to just stop the injustice when we can. We should all have that kind of empathy and compassion. I know I'm really proud of our kids if we can too. we can say something in that Thank area because yes, they can. are they, they are, are very tender-hearted and they do look out for people that are being treated poorly. So the problem is that when we do see these injustices and where we think someone is being treated poorly, I quickly can move to to judgment. Mm-hmm. And I have to really be careful about that. I've actually learned that about myself because there is a fine line between judging someone and standing up for what's right. No, I think you're right. And our culture is certainly filled with unfounded judgment. That's true. We have lists and lists of judgments that we carelessly throw around that actually, instead of bringing us together, divide and segregate us, and they make us good people or bad people based on whether we agree with one another. I know, that's so sad, isn't it? And you see so much of that today. When you don't agree with someone, and you're judging them to be this horrible person, so those labels of bigot Mm, and mm -hmm, hater, mm -hmm. and they're just thrown at people, but it's not because of injustice a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes it could be, I guess, but because of the differences that we hold, and that is not a loving response to other people. Now, I said something to someone just the other day. I don't know how this topic came up, but I said, and that's not Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not Christ-like, it's not mm-hmm. Christianly, and you can't find it in the Bible. I think we have to knock it off. <laughs> but But then you can also ask, well, what happened to tolerance? I mean, it seems like... We only use those words now if someone agrees with us and we tolerate them because their behavior is right. But that's pretty dangerous in our society. Don't you think it's it's kind of one-sided today, too? So Christians really have lost their voice a lot of times in the culture, and there is an intolerance towards mm-hmm. us. So that's they true. are judging us for having a different point of view than they do. And our point of view is is based on the Bible. Right. It should be at least. Right. And so what happens is that that type of judgment, that intolerance silences a lot of disagreements and it doesn't allow people to really live according to their values and their convictions if they're constantly being silenced and they're feeling pressured to say or do something that lines up with what other people want. I think sadder though is something we're also seeing is that Christians are doing that to each other. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) And and there there are divisions within the body of Christ. Hey, tell that story of a student group you encountered and how they didn't like calling anyone into accountability for behavior that goes against biblical standards. This story still bothers me. Um, and I won't, I won't say where it was or when it was, but I had this conversation with a group of Christian college students. And um, we were talking about helping a Christian client with some lifestyle issue. And the client was really distressed, and he wasn't living according to his beliefs. And so when I suggested to the students that they should direct the client to live a life of holiness, mm-hmm. to pursue mm-hmm. God and allow the Holy Spirit to convict or correct, to read the Word, and discern whether his behavior really did align with the Scripture's I got to tell you, Norm, I never anticipated the response I got from those students. So what happened is they did not like me directing the client 
to a life of holiness because they told me that was judgmental. Wait, these are Christian kids? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, okay, judgmental, judgmental by whom? Yeah, exactly. And so eventually, as I kept questioning them, they finally admitted, well, judgment by God. (laughs) And then they said they didn't like that. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Honestly, I was so taken aback that they didn't like that God had the authority to judge. Uh, I started asking them, like, what were you taught in your youth group? Right. Because that was so far off the mark. But it really got me thinking about how often we take scripture and we interpret it to support what we want to do. So here, here they were. They were heavily influenced by this notion in the culture of don't judge me. Don't judge me even when it means that you should be lining your life up with Scripture. So, do not judge clearly does not mean accept sin and never confront it. It seems to me they were just reacting to the secular culture around them that preaches all the time, live and let live, yeah. your truth, your, right. your freedom, your whatever you want. So, as long as you're not hurting anyone in the process— Seems like anything goes, and I can't judge you because I don't want you to judge me. Who am I to judge you? Seems like they've bought a lie. Yeah, and I think that's a big lie that has gotten really twisted in our culture. And it's influenced, unfortunately, a generation of young people. Some of our, even our Christian friends and even churchgoers, people are afraid to judge anything. Mm-hmm. And they really don't understand what we're, what judgment is all about, which is why we're talking about it today. Exactly, yeah. exactly. This really is an obsession in our culture, this not judging anything. And again, that's why we're doing this. We squirm at the idea of being judged ourselves, and probably mm-hmm. rightly so in many cases. We don't judge because we don't want anybody judging us. But we do need to ask, who is doing the judging? Who decides what you can and cannot say, what you can do and shouldn't do? Is it other people? Or are we, as Christians, called to a higher standard? So we throw that verse around, don't judge or you will be judged, with absolutely no context. That's right. Yeah, and we use it when it's convenient to not deal with right and wrong. And we interpret that to mean, no one should tell me what I am doing is wrong, don't judge me. But the problem with that, as we've been talking about, is that we're ignoring a whole lot of other scriptures and not understanding the context of that scripture, which is what we're going to talk about. That's right. So let's tease it out a little bit. When we pass judgment, it means we declare, like a judge does in court, someone guilty, and we pass a sentence on them, like a judge. This is a duty reserved for God. That's what the Bible tells us, James 4.12, and for judges and people in authority. So for us in everyday life, Norm, uh, this means don't be making up punishments in your mind for what people are doing. So Mm -hmm. let me just give you an example. Maybe two people are living together and they're not married. So you decide, oh, they don't deserve to be in our Bible study or they should not be invited to dinner or I'm not going to associate with that person because I don't like their political views. Mm -hmm. We heard that one Mm -hmm. in the past few years. And unless those people are under our authority, we don't get to decide what their punishment will be. And again, while living together is morally wrong, according to the Bible, having differences over politics is just a difference. Yet we judge people good or bad for these differences. And it's tempting to want to make someone pay for what we view as injustice. Mm -hmm. When someone treats you poorly on the job, you want them to suffer something, some kind of punishment, maybe not get promoted, maybe lose their job, but it's not our call to tell God what to do with them. And if they are not under your supervision, you really can't do anything about it. Boy, isn't that hard? I I confess, I 
want them to get something bad to happen to them. That's where I really <laughs> have to your check fairness, my Jean. I know, but I have to check my heart on that. Yep. And part of it is there's so much emphasis on revenge in our culture and getting back at people. You know, it's just really tempting, I think, to rush to judgment. This is why we have to look at our heart. And if we want the person punished, I mean, really think about what's going on in your heart during that time. I, I love what the late Mother Teresa said. She said, if you judge people, you just have no time to love them. And one of our problems when we rush to judgment is sometimes we don't have all the facts. Well, we certainly don't know what their heart is. Right. And we must keep in mind that the other part of the scripture that tells us to treat others as we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. We kind of leave that part out when we're, we're dealing with this. We need to be merciful. That's part of scripture. Offer grace and tied to this judgment of others without knowing the facts, like you said, or we don't know their heart. Guess what? That can also lead to gossip. Hmm, now we're stepping on toes, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> we did a show on that, actually, because it was so convicting for both of us. When we speak negatively about someone in gossip, we're putting ourselves in a superior position to them and looking down on them and acting like their judge and jury. So when we point out their faults, like you're saying, we are forgetting that we have faults as well. And I mean, we mess up all the time. So we need to build really a compassion for other people. If we don't show love, we're being hypocritical. We're calling out their faults, and yet we're not identifying our own. Right. And I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, take the beam out of your own eye before you focus on the sawdust in someone else's eye. Judge yourself first. The Bible tells us to constantly examine our own heart and actions and root out sin in our life. Well, let's take that a little bit further in just a minute. I know you have to throw to a break, but right after the break, we're going to talk even more. What did Jesus mean specifically when he talked about judge not, lest you be judged? Be right back with more of the Dr. Linda Show in just a minute. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz too and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder, you can always follow Dr. Linda on her social media, Twitter and Instagram at drlindamental and Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast anytime on myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental podcast or go to myfaithradio.com. Okay, back to our topic today about judgment. I think we ought to look at the biblical view of judgment. The Greek word judge means to make moral judgment something right or wrong. Okay, so that's a moral judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, the word judge can also mean to make a condemning, despising judgment. Getting back to what you said, Norm, acting like we're superior to somebody else Mm -hmm. or someone else is inferior. Okay, so let's try and figure out how we know if we're judging sin or condemning and despising people with our judgments? What are some clues? So, when you're trying to decide, okay, what is my motive? I think that first question related to what we just said is, do I feel superior to this person? Am I looking down at him or her? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, if you can be introspective enough, right, to, <laughs> to, yeah. to tell yourself the truth. Well, you have to kind of look at your motive. That's the whole idea of examining your heart. Right. A second one would be to, to think about, hmm, do I say things like, I would never do that? 
again, that's putting yourself above even the possibility of sin, which is not a position of humility that we're to maintain. No, no, no. How about the one where you just don't feel like praying for them? I'm not going to intercede for them. I have no reason to pray for them. I'm not grieved for them. In fact, I'm feeling contempt. I don't think I would ever say that out loud, (laughs) but I will confess I felt that. I felt it. I know. I would be like, do I really have to pray for those who curse me? Do I have to, or pray for those who despitefully? Yeah. Right. Use me. Use you. Right. You know, I think we heard a sermon one time and the pastor said, you know, you've truly forgiven someone when you can pray blessings on them. And you're going, oh, but I don't want to pray blessings. I know. It's a process as we learned in forgiveness, right? (laughs) Here's another clue. I I secretly felt some pleasure at what this person did because it makes me look like a better person. Mm. Or maybe even pleasure, I'll add to that, Mm. maybe even pleasure that they sort of got a consequence. Yeah, and here's the last one. And I kind of like talking about it with other people. I know, this is very convicting. This is very (laughs) convicting, isn't it? It's very convicting because we all do that, right? Can anybody really live that holy? (laughs) I know Jesus would tell us not to despise people and think about them as less than ourselves, but... Well, in fact, he did. Matthew 7, he is very direct, and he says, Judge not, lest you be judged. Here's that quote that Mm -hmm. we've been talking about. But we have to talk about what he meant in this command and in his most famous sermon. And I'm just going to add to that and say that he wouldn't tell us to do this if it wasn't possible. That's true. That's right? True. So, there's got to be a way to learn to do this. So, if you read on in that same passage, Norm, it says, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? I think you talked about Mm -hmm. that a minute ago. Or how can you say to your brother, hey, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? And what does Jesus says? He says, you hypocrite, Mm. first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see to take the speck out of your brother's eye. It's always dangerous to say, clearly, this is what Jesus meant, but I do think... (laughs) I mean, you hypocrite. (laughs) I I do think that's pretty obvious, and he's not teaching. Let's use some double negatives here. He's not teaching that we cannot judge anyone or anything. Rather, he's talking about blind, self-righteous judgment that doesn't take into account our own faults and sins first. That despising, condemning judgment we mentioned before the break is what's so wrong. Right. So it's, we do have to do that examination of our heart motive. And, you know, there's a scripture that said, says that he looks at the heart, right? So God looks at the heart. And really, the root issue of this is pride. Mm. When we judge, we do assume a position of superiority. I mean, Jesus calls these judgers hypocrites. That's pretty strong. And these are people who pretend to be something that they're not. So Jesus sees this heart motive, and he addresses it to that group. And he sees that they're putting on this sort of piety or self-righteousness. So basically, don't be a hypocrite when you judge. Jesus' teachings were pointing out the problems with critical and condemning people. He opposes a heart that looks down at people and thinks they have it all together. He was addressing many of the religious leaders of his day, but it works for all of us today. I know, but it is, isn't it interesting that he was talking to the religious leaders? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're worse off than the rest of us, but they have to be careful with that. And he wasn't telling us to judge those outside the church either. I mean, he's talking to the religious people. We keep right, saying that, right. the religious people. In fact, that scripture we mentioned before, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. We are to judge the moral things that go on in the church. Right. But right. when people are living unredeemed lives, what are they going to do? 
They're going to act in unredeemed ways. Of course they are. Yeah. Okay, so let's pause and ask ourselves some important questions before we launch into making any more judgmental comments. (laughs) (laughs) Am I critical of other people just by my nature? Is my point of view or my opinion the only opinion or the one that is really the correct opinion? So do I think that my reasoning is so much better than everybody else's, especially those with whom I disagree. Boy, that, I mean, this is convicting because we do have that motive sometimes. We all do this. I know. Am I quick to find fault? Mm. Sometimes, yes. Yes. And judge someone. Yep. 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 And behind that judgment, is there any insecurity in me that might cause me to want to tear down people and make myself feel better? Yeah, that's a motive that you're looking at is, um, am I doing that because I need to feel better about myself, Mm -hmm. which is not a good thing. Well, these are all great questions that we need to ask ourselves. Our caution is to examine our heart. We said it before, we're going to say it again. It's the heart. Judgment can cause you to wrongly interpret what's happening to someone else. So I've got a great story that really illustrates what you just said. So there was a man that was on a subway, and his young son was running all over the train. And people were getting really irritated with this little boy. Hmm. And they were looking at the father, and they assuming that it was the father. And they were like, why aren't you controlling this little boy? He's, you know, making us all crazy, running around in the train. And finally, someone spoke up and in a very sort of stern voice accused him of being a bad father hmm. because he was ignoring his son's out-of-control behavior. Well, the, the man, the father, was sort of stunned. He was kind of in a daze. And he turned to the person and he said, I'm sorry, my wife just died and we just left the hospital. Wow. I mean, people on that subway were so quick to judge a man who was suffering incredible pain. Mm. They had no idea what was happening in his life. And so, Norm, the takeaway from that story is don't presume to judge a person's hidden heart. Right. We don't know and we never should presume to know. But it is clear that the passage in Matthew was also never intended to prevent us from speaking truth into people's lives. We need to correct and speak truth in the body of Christ when people are veering from the truth. But boy, we have to do it with love. Yeah, that's right. And we need to guard against that self-righteous attitude. Do you hear a a theme that we Mm -hmm. keep bringing up here? Um, Because we don't want to keep pointing out what other people are doing and not looking at ourselves. And we're going to say that over and over because this is about self-examination. I'm thinking about that passage in Samuel. Remember when he was told by the Lord to go look for a son of Jesse to anoint as the next king? Mm -hmm. God called out his priests for judging without understanding. He said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For God looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There it is. Bingo. So, we're telling you, don't be presumptuous. It's like the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover. We all have heard that before. Stay humble when something is happening around you with the goal of grace, reconciliation, helping out your brother or sister. We are called to call out sin, but not with a critical spirit. And the goal of right judgment needs to really be, Norm, to restore the person that is caught in sin. Right. And it's about keeping our heart right before God first. If we don't correct others or stop injustice when we're able, then we're not speaking the truth in love, but then we're doing from a pure heart. Right. And speaking the truth in love is scripture. That's another part of that scripture. But what if you're someone who easily judges from more of that superior position? How do you work on that? 
Well, you have to work for more compassion and understanding. I would actually ask the Lord to help you with that. You should always think about, maybe I need to get the facts first. Maybe I need to be first to extend grace. We have a merciful God, and so shouldn't we be merciful too? But we also can pray for discernment when Mm. we're in those situations. And the Bible is clear that we need to discern right from wrong. So we have to watch out for false prophets, and we're seeing a lot of those today. Oh, my goodness. We often say the world grows darker and darker, and we must pray every day for discernment. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's ours, discernment, because there's so much twisting of scriptures to Mm -hmm. make points, even in the church. We need to call sin, sin, even when it's unpopular. And and the way to do that is to remember that we're sinners too. That's right. Right? And we are called to love sinners just as Christ loved us. Well, as we close the show, we hope we've helped you, help you understand what Jesus meant when he told us not to judge or we would be judged, and help us understand hearts. That's right. And so this means we call out sin, but not from a position of hypocrisy, always examining the sin or judgment in our own lives first, and then always checking our heart motive not acting in a position of superiority or pride, but extending grace and mercy to others as Christ has done to us. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. But in the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.